I'm here with Catherine Carnell, and uh, she did Life on the Rock last night. And just wanted to get a little bit of backstory of your Catholic upbringing and formation in the faith. Tell us about your your youth. Um, yeah, actually, so I was raised a Catholic, and I went to Catholic elementary school, like really good Catholic family. My parents were Catholic. Um, mom converted um, to Catholicism, so like pretty solid faith. My, my mom had like Teresa of Avila's interior castle on the shelf as like a little kid. I remember like picking it up and trying to read through it as a little girl and that kind of stuff. Um, good parish, good home life. Um, went to public high school and I never had like a conversion experience per se, but in public high school, um, one night I, I was like a straight A student. I was band captain, um, good kid, like didn't even want to act out, like not even one of those kids who secretly is good and like wants to do bad stuff, like just always a very straight-laced kid. Um, loved going to mass and everything and thought I was living a pretty solid, pretty solid life. And then one night accidentally with <laughs> my really good friend, who if she hears this will laugh, um, had 14 shots of vodka for the, like never had drank before, never had done anything like that before. And then suddenly was sick for 24 hours and I didn't know what had happened or why and I thought I was going to die. Um, I don't know how I like made that decision in my mind that it was a good idea but I prayed the rosary for the first time on my own and I said blessed mother like <laughs> I know you're there and I thought that my Catholic life was together and everything was on point. I am succeeding um, in school and but something's not right so if you give me a chance I will figure out what Catholicism is all about and um I obviously lived, <laughs> you know, like nothing, um, nothing happened, and uh, I, I recovered, and I, um, my parents knew, they kind of laughed at me, and I went to Francis Franciscan University um, for my undergrad in order to, quote-unquote, kind of strong-arm Catholicism into making sense, because suddenly, for whatever reason, just going to Mass and living a decent life wasn't enough, so I did have a conversion, but not like a reversion, like a deeper conversion, and um, at Franciscan, I learned all kinds of things about um, the reality of God's love, like the objective reality of God's love, regardless of feeling. Um, I learned about uh, how to follow God in the day-to-day -day life and how to listen to the Holy Spirit and all these things that just aren't handed down practically all the time mm. um, that made my life and my Catholic faith a lot more richer and integrated who I am as a person into reality and the reality of the Catholic faith. And that's why I'm so big on objective truth, because if God is who he says he is and if he created the world and if he really does love us, then the truths we proclaim in Catholicism ought to make my real daily life better. And I should never be at a point where I accidentally drink 14 shots of vodka out of a sense of internal despair over just, quote unquote, doing the next right thing. Because like, looking back, that was a point of despair in my heart, even though I didn't recognize it. What I was getting just wasn't enough. Um, now it is enough because like I've learned about having a personal relationship with Christ through the sacraments. I've learned about the Holy Spirit and like the voice of conscience. I have read a lot of books about metaphysics and ethics and um, the truths that make the person free and fully human and fully alive. And um, yeah, it makes you more of who you're supposed to be. The faith should be something that brings you to life in a real way. It shouldn't just be theoretical or like just brings my soul to life. Like it should bring all of you to life because of the soul body union. It should bring everything you are into a fullness. And um, yeah, so. And that experience, like the drinking experience, that was in high school? Then you were? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was after that point, yeah. you did like service trips and stuff? Um, 
Uh, yeah, I did a service trip after that. Um, that was just, and I just want to say, like, that was one experience. Like, I don't think I've had hard liquor since then. I don't even drink beer or wine. <laughs> and um, I've had, like, one beer, maybe. Um, but, yeah, after that, um, I did a service trip to Romania uh, for 14 days. And um, I'm really, like, I'm really heady. I'm really intellectual. So going on this service trip, um, it was neat for me to encounter people just living their regular lives, but fully fulfilled, and they're Orthodox, Orthodox Catholics in Christ. And it was neat for me, too, to encounter through serving them the fact that the heart of the Catholic faith really is about salvation. And that's not something that I had considered even in, like, all of my studying, which sounds stupid, but it, I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> um, I got really caught up in the extra bells and whistles, literally, you know, in the incense, literally, and forgot that at the heart of the faith, it is about salvation through Christ. And that salvation is the stuff that makes you free. And that was at Steubenville? It was during my time at Steubenville, but um, serving... Uh, in the mission trip was um, in Romania overseas. So, so what are your future plans? Um, I don't have any. <laughs> I used to make a lot of plans. Like one of them was going back to school, but I think right now I am going to wait and listen and be patient. And ultimately, I want to help people, um, and I want to bring to other people the same kind of life and joy that I've found. Um, even people in the church, people who don't have a faith, people without a faith, because um, it's for everybody. It's not for a set person or a set type of Catholic or a set type of secular person. Like the truth that Christ has for us and the love he has for us is something that should be given and applied to every person everywhere. So, And you feel drawn to the maybe some media work and to get that message out? I do. I do feel drawn to media work. I think that media um, can be vilified, but I think that media is a great way to connect and share love with one another. And I think that uh, truth spoken in love is healing. And mercy, Pope Francis talks about, is the love that heals when it diagnoses truthfully. So when we can, can see other people um, and hear their stories and understand them in a limited way, because you can't fully understand another person, but when you can hear them and receive them and hear their hurts and their pains and their joys, then media becomes a vessel for encounter, not just a way to speak, but a way to also listen and have a really human experience. Um, so yeah, I, feel, I do feel drawn to media, and I would love to go into media, Catholic or secular, but with you know the heart of the Lord, the center of that. Now you're you're 24 years old. Uh, how do you think? What do you think would be an effective way to reach young people today with the faith? Um, I think that as a 24 year old, I can look back and tell you that the sum of my mistakes, quote unquote, and I say mistakes hesitantly because as my dad is fond of reminding me, you know, and Saint Josemaria Scriva says, you know, mistakes aren't mistakes; they're ways you know you've learned. So go forward. But um, I, I think that um, young people really do just want to be known and loved, like seen and known and loved. So if you can give young people a place where they feel heard and where they feel cared about, then that's going to do more than a program or, or a lesson, you know, because like I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't listen to anybody as a, as a younger person <laughs> who I didn't think cared about me genuinely. And even today have a hard time listening to people give one who want to give me advice if they don't care um, or if they're just giving it because they feel like they have to. And as good as it is just to do things out of a sense of duty, I think that young people need the heart, like the gift without the giver is meaningless. Um, so yeah, I would say create spaces in your parishes where young people can just go to feel like they have a home. I think there's a lot of a sense of homelessness and a restlessness in my generation and the younger generations. So creating homes away from home for kids um, is good. I think that's the kind of thing that will restore the faith 
you know, and restore hearts. If we can restore and heal hearts, then we can restore and heal our human family. And God came for the family. That's like his mission ground and civil societies built on the family. So yeah, tend to the hearts of the people you, you meet and, and love them, like really care. Yeah. yeah, it does seem like that's, um, we've lost kind of, yeah, it affects your physical places of meeting and stuff. And we have all the social media connection, but like we're in our rooms at home alone doing this. You know, we need face-to-face and... Uh, I see that sometimes traveling to universities that have like a good fo- focus mission group, you know, and they they have a coffee shop or some kind of student center where young people can go and hang out. That's really great, and I, like I think that um, I think that it's on the rise. I think people are seeing that, and it's becoming more common. Um, I think though something else that social media can do and media in general can create this idea that you need to be perfect in order to be loved. And that's the opposite of what Christ tells us, the exact opposite. (laughs) And so um, I think that's something to keep in mind too, that people do just want to be loved. And so whether you're meeting in person at like a focused missionary house, and one of my friends is a missionary and she talks about it, um, or if you're meeting a friend for coffee, like the people who really love you aren't going to expect you to be perfect before you're loved. And actual perfect love, like they talk about in the gospel, isn't a love that demands you earn it. It's a love that I think Mother Teresa said that like it's a love that enables you to be that person you want to be. Um, so it's safety and security in, in being cared about is really important, not having to have the perfect filter on your life in order to be seen and known and loved. Let me ask you, too, um, you know, we have a growing women's movement that seems to have really taken off the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, like, the Catholic Church and what the message she has, what the gospel is, how would that answer some of this uh, desire and the w- desires or wants that the women's movement has? Well, I would say I would call myself a feminist. And I want to say that because I think that that's a word that's been really stolen from the truth. And the original feminists like Susan B. Anthony were pro-life and pro-woman and pro-family. Um, so that's all in line with the church. And like real, the real woman's movement is a movement that um, validates our dignity without putting it down men and without compromising the dignity of others. Because one at the expense of the other is not real empowerment, right? So for me, as a young woman who has been to Catholic school and been to public school and has been into a lot of different places, the Catholic Church, in uh, the examples of the saints like Joan of Arc and St. John Amala, one of whom was literally a soldier and the other of whom was a mother, um, give me an objective standard in that in order to be an empowered woman, what really matters is my character, you know, and my willingness to try and to love Um, So it gives me the freedom to be heroic and to want to be heroic as a normal person and to and to not put myself down or feel like I need to become a man in order to be valuable. You know, I can stand in my own dignity on Christ and say, like, I am good enough just because I exist. I don't have to prove it to anyone and I don't have to demand respect from anyone. I don't have to yell in order to be heard. Like what I have to say is valuable, even if it's not correct, just because God sees me. And I think that's a different kind of empowerment than the empowerment that um, other women's movements are preaching. There's a lot of screaming and a lot of like grasping to be heard because people fundamentally don't feel seen. Um, but in, in the gaze of love, that Christ offers us and that we are called to offer others in and through Christ, um, that's, that's that, inner, that inner freedom. And I think the women's movement is good but misses, misses that truth about inherent dignity 
just for simply existing, you know, for just for being a woman. Um, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to grasp it. It's there. It's in your heart already. It's in your DNA. It's in the way you were made. And it doesn't compromise men, you know. I think that if they had that, it would, it would do a lot. And um, what are some of the gifts, like, you think women would bring to the culture? We see a greater growing influence in all areas of culture. What are some of the, the gifts that you see? I think that we're people-centric. I think that women naturally, because, um, you know, I think, what is it? We're all called a motherhood or something. Like, I think women are naturally more empathetic. I think we're more sensitive. I think that um, we are more soft. I think that we're more tender. And I think that there's a false dichotomy going on that says that sensitivity is not strength, but it is. Being able to empathize with other people, being able to listen, having the patience um, to really enter into somebody else's situation, you know, into their suffering, into their joy. I think that that would build a community, a political world, and a social world if women's gifts in that way were brought to the table that is focused on people and not just on policies. And I think that a world focused on people would create policies and social structures that really fed, nourished, and allowed people to thrive. And I think that giving people the space to thrive is a gift that women bring to the table. And it's, it's a strength we need in a world that can be very power hungry. All right. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us. You're welcome. Thank you for chatting with me. <laughs>